Hey, this is Scriptwriter Steve, and today is December 12, 2020. Today is a Saturday, so you know what that means, right? It is Scriptwriting Saturdays, and where we talk all about screenwriting, all about story. We don't talk barbecue. We don't talk movies. We don't talk politics. And today, I will be continuing my storytelling saga, where I basically instruct you on how to tell a correct story using the Enneagram as a foundation to create characters, which will eventually propel your story forward through character rather than things you just make up in your head. So you don't have to, you don't have to make up characters in your head. Your characters can be based upon real personality types, which we derive from the Enneagram. So if you want to, you can head over to scriptwritersteve.com and then navigate to Storytelling 101. That's in the menu there. And then head down to step one and then drag over to the menu where it says the type two personality, the type two helper. It's very, very easy to find. And you can also find this podcast right now on that webpage. So um, I'll be talking about that today and then I'll also be talking about the type three. But I'm going to break the podcast up into two. So one will, uh, the type two will be on the type two website or the web page, and the type three will be on the type three web page. So you won't have to worry. You're, you, know, you won't have to go back and forth and find each one. All right. So head on over there right now if you want to follow along as I read along. And um, if not, you can just listen. But I have to pay the bills, so I will be right back. Okay, I am back and I'm ready to start reading along with you. Okay, so at the top, it says here the type two, which is called the helper. Now the helper, we can always add the word compulsive in front of every Enneagram type. So the type two is a compulsive helper. They are the overly generous people, the one who just loves to help you wash your car, take the groceries out of your car, and then help you put it into the refrigerator, and then even then help you go to shop after the, when your groceries are gone. They're just, they help, 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 and you feel, wow, is there a string attached to this? And you know what? Most of the time you're right, because they're most, of, most of the time there is one. So what's under the hood of a type two? Well, Type 2s are the compulsive givers of the Enneagram, and their choice of engine doesn't matter as long as it's powerful enough to tow their trailer of love. So generosity powers their motor, playing savior is their nitrous, the hospitality of a 2 is free. But when they are not at their best, there is a fee. So sacrifices don't come cheap, and favors often require payback. Charity comes with a string attached. Now the key ingredient of a Type 2 helper, well, there's four of them. What number one is that they're compulsively generous to the point where it is very notice, noticeable. You'll really, really notice when you run into a type two. I mean, you it, it is it is almost as though giving is an itch they have to scratch. So they can be very sacrificial in their giving. In fact, Jesus, if we take a look in the Bible, Jesus was the typical prototypical type two. And they may hold a grudge if giving is not returned. Again, we go back to the Bible. Jesus was very giving, right? But his main thing was that, hey, I do require your loyalty, which is your sacrifice, right? So they do have strings attached to their giving. They're, they definitely do. And they have a habit of using their generosity to leverage others. So that's their thing. That string is attached to that giving, and they love to pull on it. Then they pull on, pull on, pull on. Hey, I washed your car for you. You remember that time I, I lent you $10? Well, I need some help doing this. I need some help doing that. 
Mm. So their generosity, not too generous sometimes, right? So what's their agenda? Now, this may sound like a sad love story, but these personalities compulsively help so they can eventually bargain for love. That's pretty sad, isn't it? But it's the truth here. And what are their greatest fears? Well, the twos, they have a fear of being useless, unloved, and unwanted. Therefore, they compulsively give to gain acceptance. Now, their immediate defense, when, they get, when they're pushed into the corner, well, when they're triggered, they immediately begin to bargain for affection. They also may measure affection in terms of works rather than commitment. So these are like, we, we talk about love languages, right? They are the more likely the love language that, that, puts, that, that puts like, you know, giving on a scale. Well, what have you given me lately? I've given you this. What have you given me so far? And they start taking points and tallies. Well, so-and-so loved me this much because they, give, they gave me a brand new car and I gave them this. So this is where they're at sometimes, okay? They like to weigh their generosities. Now, who are the type twos in the real world? Well, type twos have a generosity itch they need to scratch. We just talked about that. Because their giving has completely nothing to do with their image, their heart is spot on a whim. But you'll know a type two when you run into one, and trust me on that. Have you ever thought a person may be too generous or to be genuine? chances are they're a type 2. And don't get me wrong, it's not as if a type 2 isn't genuine. They actually are. They want to help. They want to sacrifice. But if they don't, they feel useless. So I would place a bet that Mother Teresa would probably be a healthy type 2. Now remember, when you're a, when you're a healthy version of these personality types, um, that string isn't as attached as much. So you won't find them pulling on that string. So Mother Teresa, she helped out all the poor and the sick. She wasn't telling them on their, on their deathbed, well, you know, I did this for you. I mean, what are you going to do for me, right? So, so Mother Teresa, she was someone who sacrificed most of her life to helping others. And she didn't store her kind acts in a box to be used as leverage later. So that's a healthy type two. Now, the other week, um, now, when I wrote this, it was the other week, right? <laughs> but this was a long time ago. It wasn't, a, it wasn't the other week when I wrote this. I think, man, I wrote this about a couple years ago. So anyway, the other week, I met an average type two. And it was like a couple of young Mormon missionaries greeting me at my driveway while I was washing my car. Now, both were very nice kids. They didn't come on bicycles, by the way. And one of them offered to wash my car, and the other one offered to mow my lawn. And man... I was tempted, I was really tempted to take, to, to take their offer. So my natural cynical mind told me that if I accepted his help, there would probably be a catch-22. So I asked him, if you mow my lawn, you want me to listen to your preach about Joseph Smith, right? And he smiled back with a, you got me look. So that missionary had his lasso swinging and he was ready to rope me in with the generosity. And this is the typical actions of an average type two. And now, you know what? Good thing I passed because I already know a lot of, about Joseph Smith. I've studied Mormonism. Um, you know, it's for some people. It's not for me. Not for me. So now I would also consider Muhammad Ali a type two um, with a very strong three wing. We'll talk about the three wing in the next episode. Um, but so I won't really get into it right now. But when Ali was in his 20s, he was occupied with success and he was definitely a talker. But he still picked up many causes. So being a talker and occupied with success, that's pretty much a type three thing, okay? But 
he was still very generous with his time. Um, later in his life, he abandoned much of his superego, and he became a healthier version of himself, which was this humanitarian extraordinaire. So he was very, very giving, um, very, 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 very giving uh, when, when he was, uh, when, even when he was a pro professional boxer, but when afterwards, he did nothing but give, nothing but give, but, and he's very healthy in this way too. No strings attached whatsoever. So what is their spirit animal? Well, I can't think anything better other than a worker bee. Those bees are there to build a hive with no questions asked. They follow orders well, protect the queen and do their job. And if you're thinking type twos make great assistants or partners in crime, you're right. You are, if you're looking for a team player, look no further than a healthy type two. Look for a worker bee. So if you have a type two as a wife or a husband, you know, they'll always be there. They're always going to, you know, try to, you know, you know, be there to help you become a better person. But watch out. They have a, they do like to pull on those strings again. My mom is a type two and then my, my father's, my father's a type one. And, you know, my mom is just so generous. She, she gives the cookies to the neighbors and all these things. But then sometimes if, uh, you know, she doesn't get the generosity back, she remembers it. She really remembers it. Okay. So fictional examples. Now I think, um, Robin, the boy wonder, um, aka Dick Grayson, which is a Batman's loyal sidekick, is a type two. So um, for those of you who don't know, Dick Grayson was, he was actually the, um, the, first, um, the first Robin. They went through, a, uh, Batman went through a couple, okay, so he was number one. So when uh, Dick Grayson's family was killed by a powerful crime syndicate, Batman adopted him and he eventually trained, trained him to become his crime-fighting sidekick. So from the beginning, Robin was always Batman's loyal partner, but he didn't share Batman's obsessive commitment to fighting crime. Um, so as Grayson matured, he held a slight grudge against Batman because the real Bat, um, because the Batman never expressed any gratitude of Robin's years of loyalty. So he, he kind of, you know, again, he, he had that string and he kind of regretted it. And uh, when he understood who Bruce Wayne was, he kind of forgave him for that. So now Robin was nothing like his mentor. He was nothing like Batman. And he was more compassionate and worked well in teams. So again, he liked to work, you know, you know, um, with the, the um, Teen Titans and and um, not like Batman. Batman was horrible in the Justice League. Uh, he had a he had a he had a he had a profile on every single uh, member of the Justice League on how to defeat them. Right, <laughs> so he's not very good. And uh, there's different ways to interpret Dick Grayson. Um, some have interpreted him, interpreted him as, as a as a Type Six, which we'll get in later. And he definitely is, you know, possibly a Type Six as well. Um, sometimes when these uh, characters are written, they're not written with the enneagram in in um, I guess in mind. So they'll create a little more colorful characters, and which is okay because you can do that when you create characters. Um, is it true to real life? You know, who knows? Because um, the enneagram uh, it may not be one hundred percent accurate. We have to always take that in mind too. Remember, this is all of a pseudoscience, right? But it helps us set the foundation. So it's good to learn them all. Because so if you're going to break the rules and combine certain things, make sure you know what you're doing. So um, the next character that I can pin as an obvious type 2 would be Superman. Now, he's ultimately the healthy, perfect character, isn't he? So he would not only help us save the planet, but he would also help you change your tire, save your pet cat, and not attach a single string to his generosity. It sounds a bit unreal, doesn't it? It is, and technically, if Superman were a psychology, it's a psychologically correct character, we could easily see him turning on humanity without kryptonite 
and with, without kryptonite screwing his brain. So, um, again, if he was a psychologically correct character, again, he'll turn on humanity, but he won't because he's written as a perfect schoolboy, you know, perfect, what do you call like those um, Boy Scout character, all right? So, uh, for all of his generosity and sacrifices that he made for the world, he doesn't hold a damn string to it. Could you imagine that? He does not. <laughs> you know, he's a perfect Boy Scout, you know? You know, just a, and I call him a literal Jesus character. And um, that's why sometimes, you know, Superman, it's kind of hard to write him, you know, honestly, and people can't really relate to him because he's just so damn perfect. Um, the new Superman, though, he has some, he has some trust issues on there. Um, I think they wrote him sometimes more like a type six, like in the new DC. He has def- definitely some father's ish- father issues there and abandonment issues. So, but we can get into that later on, though. Okay. So you see how there's all different interpretations of how we can write a character, right? You know, for example, if we old old school Superman's a type two, old school ba- old school Robin's a type two, but they start saying, "Hey, why don't we write them like a type six? Because you know, a lot of people have abandonment issues, especially in these days when there's so much divorce going on. They can probably relate to someone who doesn't have a good relationship with their parents." So um, anyway, their function in life, the function of a type two. Now, without type twos, um, the world would be a very selfish place to live and filled to the brim with rude people who constantly shoulder check you when you're walking to work. There'd be no charities in this world and no generosity to go around. No churches, no doctors, no doctors without borders, no Red Cross, no volunteers to help out those in need. In other words, imagine a world without a savior. And that would be a pretty dark place to live, right? So the average characteristics of a type 2, well, average personalities are, they're basically walking contradictions. We all are contradictions. Every personality out there, you, you contradict yourself and you're a hypocrite, all right? We are, we are all hypocrites and there's nothing wrong with being a hypocrite. You know, we would tell your kids, our own kids, hey, you know, don't drink, right? Don't drink, don't do this. And lo and behold, if we go back in our past, hey, people were drinking, right? People are having, we're doing exactly what they're doing, right? But we're, at least hypocrites have standards. That's my main thing. You can be a hypocrite all you want. It's not a problem. That means you have standards. So, so we're all walking contradictions, um, like type twos. You know, when you're neither fully or fully unhealthy, they're basically stuck in the middle. So in the case of the average two helper, this personality is addicting to, addicted to helping, to being useful, to being selfless. But at the same time, they have a habit of using their generosity as leverage when they are triggered, okay? When they are triggered or when they feel a need to, to gain an advantage. So for the most part, average type twos, their thoughtful acts are genuine. They truly want to be a loyal sidekick. They, tr- they want to be that ultimate team player and they want the best for you and they want to help you get there. But when they are triggered, they break out of their they break out their guilt trip wild card and use it to win every hand. That's their Joker card. Pull on that string. So, average twos, they tend to define people by their works, and they like to keep score. Now, there is no universal agreement on how many points a work is worth, and that doesn't matter. So, what matters is that it's a point, and it'll stay on your scoreboard forever. So, ten years down the road. When you hear from a type two on how they washed your car, they'll do that. They'll keep tallies like miles on a credit card and racking up those miles to spend them later on you. 
Isn't that nice to know? <laughs> oh boy, you're gonna all hate type twos by the time you're finished with me, right? But again, these, this is only when they're triggered. There, there are healthy versions of type twos, like Mother Teresa, right, or Jesus, or Superman. Okay, so sometimes the type two will use their generosity now to validate their bad behavior, and this is where we enter with the character of that character, real life person, Terrell Owens. So. Terrell Owens, in my opinion, was an unhealthy type two with a strong three wing during his career as a Philadelphia Eagle. So for, the, for those of you who don't know, you can take a look at the video on my website there um, on, the, on, my, on my pages. When I talk about the Enneagram, I give YouTube links to all these videos of who I'm talking to. And we have Terrell Owens over there. And um, he was a football, football player for the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, boy, he was, uh, he was so great. Um, he, he sacrificed a lot for our team to get us to the Super Bowl, but he was also an asshole at the same time. So I'm going to start reading again here. So, uh, Terrell Owens, in my opinion, was an unhealthy type two with a strong three wing during his career. Now he was your ultimate team player when he wasn't triggered. He did everything the Eagles could ask them to get him them to them to the Super Bowl. And he did, he had the swagger and showmanship, which was typical of a type three. Unfortunately, he was also the chosen antagonist of the NFL. So sports journalists knew how to trigger um, Terrell Owens. And they knew he would answer every question honestly. And that would lead to friction in the locker room and more headline stories. But he played right into their narrative. So what happened was that, you know, the, the ESPN, they knew that Terrell Owens was a straight shooter. And that, and that um, he just wanted to help out the team. And they asked him, well... In, um, on the camera, would would you would you rather have um, Brett Favre as a quarterback? Do you think he's a better quarterback than than Donovan McNabb? And he said, "Well, he thinks he is definitely a better quarterback than Donovan McNabb." But Donovan McNabb was a teammate, and then Donovan McNabb took you know he took he took that slight very hard. And next thing we know, Terrell Owens kicked off the team. Now he didn't mean it in a bad way, but it just came off the wrong way, and it and it drove like the entire locker room. It, got, it split the locker room. And he didn't want to do that. He is a team player. He played with a broken leg in the Super Bowl to help them win the Super, to help them try to win the, um, the Super Bowl. But he played with a broken leg. How do you like that? That's sacrifice. And he did so much team. Um, he was such a team player, which in his mind, and, and he was. He really, really was. But again, you know, his sacrifices, he again, he held that against the team. So the big problems between Owens and each team, they, were, they only surfaced when he was triggered. And you know, aside from the journalist, journalist playing him like a fiddle, he always felt underappreciated and underused by his team. But this feeling lingered all the way back to his childhood years. So he, he always felt that way. He also had some abandonment issues with his father and everything like that too. Um, but like I mentioned before, you know, type twos are very interesting characters. They can be your greatest ally, and then they can be your worst enemy. And it didn't take much to trigger Terrell Owens, or should I say, it didn't take much for the press to manipulate him. So now that Terrell Owens is out of the NFL, he is now a healthier version of the type two, and that's great to see. So he was incredible in the apprentice and the ultimate the ultimate teammate. And he was playing the, the Apprentice, you know, the murder that Donald Trump show, without any drama. Zero. 100% zero drama. So there is a very strong argument. Could also, um, could also be a type 6 loyalist because of his abandonment issues. Uh, but throughout his life, Owens was never one to, speak out, to seek out groups or to find a rescuer. Um, that's one thing 
um, that a type six does. So he never be, he never became a part of a gang or, or church to fill that hole. So um, that's what type sixes do. They always like, you know, search out, you know, you know um, um, groups in order to, you know, fill that abandonment issue thing. So, you know, that's the main thing with the type six. And that's why I don't think um, Terrell Owens was a type six. He was always a loner. Um, and, um, and, and that's it for that. So that's my opinion on Terrell Owens, okay? So next thing is the triggers of a type two. So what, what gets under their skin? Um, the trigger line for the type two goes straight to the type eight, which you haven't learned yet. So we can assume that the unhealthy personality traits of a type eight will get under the skin of a type two. So anyone who is self-absorbed, unappreciative, uh, arrogant, selfish, and would really, it would really cause the neck hairs of a type two to be raised on end. So, um, go back to Terrell Owens. Um, uh, you know, a lot, there's football is just, <laughs> there's just a plethora of type eights inside their big egos, strong ego, strong personality types, and very selfish too. Um, type eights can be extremely, extremely selfish. And that doesn't work with a type two. You know, type twos would just check out. They'll just say, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm out of here. And they may look like a type eight themselves, but um, when they're unhealthy, but they are actually just, tr- when they're, they only look like that when they're triggered. So again, when a type two is triggered, they, they really look like a type eight. Like a type eight who's triggered, they become who they hate, all right? But they, they become who they hate, but they actually hate who they hate, you know? So they become, they literally become the enemy, you know? So, and this is, this is a characteristic of all, of all um, personality types on the Enneagram. You literally become the personality that you hate, so for me, you know, um, like, like I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a type one and I hate people who are metaphoric thinkers. Oh boy, it just drives me crazy. But when I become triggered, I myself become a metaphoric thinker. I start thinking up of scenarios or reasons why I hate people. It is crazy. So you, you literally become the enemy. And it's, you know, and that's part of being a hypocrite, right? You don't like this person. You don't like the way they act and you become them. Double-edged sword. We are our own walking contradictions. Isn't that funny? So going back to reading here, the unhealthy characteristics of a type two. So as a quick reminder, there's a difference between a triggered personality and an unhealthy one. So a triggered personality may have unhealthy characteristics, but they are only temporary. So a trip to the unhealthy zone may only last a minute, an hour, or maybe a day, the key word is that a bad vacation. They're taking a bad vacation, and they'll return home soon. So they're going to return back to average or healthy. Okay, an unhealthy personality will sit and soak in their personal turmoil until they mature and become self-aware and self-correct. And that journey may take years. So, Terrell Owens, he was an unhealthy type two in his younger while while he was playing football. He was an unhealthy type two very verbally abusive, you know, you know, um, not as, gen- he was generous, but every, every generosity was attached with, t- attached with a string, very judgmental. He was a team player, but then again, he wasn't a team player, but he thought he was a team player. And, uh, you know, he, he, yeah, but he was stuck in that unhealthy. He wasn't triggered. He was actually unhealthy. And it took a lot of counseling and, and, you know, getting back together with, with his, uh, I'm not sure if he got, got back together with his father, but getting, no, he didn't. I think his father had passed away, I think. But getting it, you know, getting him so he could 
realize that all of its abandonment issues and all of his you know childhood issues and working through it and working through it, and he finally became you know at, at least average to healthy. So um, it took a while though. So that's the difference. Okay. So the unhealthy type two personality is at the end of the rope, or should I say strings? So they've attached every string they could at every deed. They kept score, and they have out leveraged and outscored everyone. So again, they've helped out everyone. They've, you know, they've put on every single string and everything like that. And, and they got to this point where everyone owes them a favor. Everyone owes them everything. And because the type two thinks they gave enough, they gave, they sacrificed so much and enough is enough is enough. And they're not even going to bother because you guys are just worthless. This is where Terrell Owens was. This is why he was so self-destructive. So, and there's nothing anyone can do to pay them back for their generosity or sacrifice. So they no longer have to be helpful. And ironically, this once generous personality has, be, has become something they loathe, a selfish, self-absorbed, and over-demanding character. Now, friends and family may call it the unhealthy type two for their selfish actions, only to be met with defensive rhetoric that sounds like, quote, I've done so much for this company, I've worked so hard, or I've sacrificed so much for this family. That's typical type two, type two mentality. And if the type two deteriorates any further, they, become, they can become retributive and punish those they've tried so desperately to help out. How do you like that? So again, they're trying to help out this Terrell Owens, tries to help out his own team, and he ends up destroying that team. Destroying that football team, he said he wanted to help get to the Super Bowl. And he still thinks, oh, I sacrificed so much and you didn't give me anything. That is unhealthy thinking. Um, and that's why, again, you know, Superman, Mother Teresa, Jesus, they never thought, thought it like that, right? And even if there was a string, it never got to that point. So growth for a type two. How, how does a, you know, a type two get out of this funk? Now, Kind of go kind of go off the script here. So, uh, you know, the growth for any character or any person. We're just talking about personal growth. Number one is that the number one rule rule is that you have to stop reacting. You you know, characters have to stop reacting and start contemplating. Um, too many of us, and I'm just going to go way off on a tangent here. Not even talk about characters, but on a personal level, um, way too many of us react rather than contemplate. And this is for characters as well. It applies both the same way. So the minute you, character growth always comes, it doesn't matter what personality type, it, what matters most is when, you, when they start thinking more than reacting. So instead of when you get punched in the face, all right, your initial reaction is to either punch back or run away. But your initial reaction when you're healthy is to think, to think first. How are you gonna react? What will happen? contemplate, plan. And that's how growth happens for any type of person in real life. You know, we call it personal growth out there in the real world. In the fictional world, we call it character growth. All right. They're the exact same thing. So you can read a self-help book that talks about personal growth. Well, that's character growth in a, in a movie or in a storyline. All right. So back to, back to what I'm reading here. Now, growth for a type two. Um, growth for anyone or any character begins with self-realization of their superego. 
So it's pretty much like Alcoholics Anonymous. So that person must admit they have a problem, identify it, and correct it. So for type 2 to grow, they must take on the healthy characteristics of a type 4 individualist. So healthy 4s accept people for who they are, who they want to be, and they're open-minded. They, they, have to, they have to do all of this, and they have to do all of this without a scoreboard. And it's really important. Now, this, this happens automatically when the type 2 embraces their type 1 wing. So if they, when they become more like a 1 wing, they automatically start looking like a type 4. All right. So it's really hard sometimes for the type two to, to be open minded. And um, but when they start, when the type two starts to have a sense of moral, uh, moral issues. All right. That's what that's when they start to grow. They stop. They say, wow, wait a minute. A string shouldn't be attached to any any act of generosity. That's wrong. I'm doing that too much. You know, this is wrong. And automatically, they'll become more open-minded, more open-minded in their thinking, and they'll look more like a type four, all right, a healthy type four. So, twos, I wrote that they have a spidey sense to know what other people, what others need. So they often expect others to also have that same spider sense. You're gonna find this really strange. They really do. They'll they know when you need help, okay. But as we know, not everyone. Everyone doesn't have that spidey sense, but they expect you to have that spidey sense to read their, to read their mind, right? To know what they need. That's what a, a typical type two says. Oh, you should have known I know this, that I needed help with this. Why don't you come out to your car and help me with this? And then the husband will say, well, I didn't know. I didn't know. You didn't ask for it. But the wife who's a type two says, you should have known. And the type and the, and the, and the, and the type three, uh, what do you call it? Like, uh, you know, husband will say, well, you, you should have asked for it. So, so again, this is a, you know, a miscommunication on personality types, right? And this is what the type two has to realize that not everyone has that spider sense. So they should never expect that others know what they need. And they must develop better communication skills and express clearly what they expect from each relationship. So the ideal healthy type two, pretty easy, right? So aside from taking on healthy characteristics of a type four, if the type... It helps that if the type two embraces the one wing, like I said before, oh, I got ahead of myself. And this will give them a strong moral foundation to their generosity, making it easy to give without an agenda. So if you're looking for a healthy type two, look no further than Mother Teresa or Superman. But I like Nick Foles because Nick Foles, he's the guy who won me, who won the Eagles the Super Bowl. And this guy's a very, very healthy type two. He's the ultimate teammate, no strings attached giving his all, winning the Super Bowl, becoming the, um, the Super Bowl MVP, then putting his feelings aside to sit on the bench because it was for the greater part of the team and he never held a string attached to the Eagles at all. Very big contrast to Terrell Owens. 100%. The greatest teammate. People just love him. He, he, he is adored. Every team, he's been, he's been bouncing around the NFL right now. But all of his teammates just help him. He's always there to help. He doesn't expect anything in return. Nothing. He'll be the backup. He'll be the starter. He wants to be the starter. But again, then again, if he, goes, if he goes and becomes the backup, or if he doesn't play in the NFL, he'll do something else. He's okay with it. He won't hold a string. He won't hold, like, even though he'll feel like it, he'll get a, ahead of his feelings and live for, be the best man he can be today instead of, complaining about the past. 
And that's another thing. We'll talk about that really quick, about character growth really quick, personal growth really quick. You know, we complain too much about the past and worry about the future and we forget about the present. And this is with every personality. So again, the type two, they're worrying about, they're planning for the future, worrying about the future. Well, how can I help this person out so they can help me out in the future? Hmm, I wonder if I help them with their, with their, um, with their, um, with their finances here. How can I use that for my leverage here for them? Uh, I think I'll go to this networking party and meet someone who I can use later on. That's a, that's a type two thing, you know? You know, that, that could be even a type three thing, but this is how people think. They don't try to be the person they are, the great person that they are now. You know, if, they, if, people, just, if people just lived in the now, everything else would be handled. We can't change the past, and we really can't control the future. No matter how much we try, we can't control the future. And if we just do the best we can every single day, um, <laughs> the future will work its way out. Now, I know I'm getting a little off the, off the, um, off the path here, but again, char- personal growth is character growth. So again, this is how the Enneagram works, and this is how, how you're going to grow your character within your storyline. He's going to abandon their agenda. They're not going to be obsessed with success. They're not going to complain about their past. These things don't happen overnight. These things happen in the second act, and maybe they, they come to accumulation in the third act. And to an apex where it says, well, it's either do or die. You either grow or you or things are going to just hit the fan. So what are, what are the common things they, that, that happens to a type two? Well, they get, they get taken advantage of. It's a very common flaw for a type two because they're so generous. So when type twos are healthy, they can often be blindsided by people who take advantage of their generosity. Now, twos are the compulsive givers and they have hearts bigger than their own. So when they give, they give 100%. So it's pretty, it's pretty easy to understand how, how and why they can get taken advantage of. And uh, one, thing, one thing they're not, they're not very good communicators. Usually they're not. Um, now, twos have an uncanny ability to know what other people need, but they also expect you to know or, or they expect others to know what they need. But they rarely express what their wants clearly. They, they expect you to know. So being... A great communicator is not natural for a type two. They have to work at it. Um, they are not naturally charismatic people who can hold an audience with the captivating stories. They're not like type threes. They're, they are not like type threes. You know, Terrell Owens, um, he has a podcast going on, going on right now. He's not as a, char- a charismatic character on there. He's not like um, Skip, Skip Bayless or, or he's not like Shannon Sharp or Deion Sanders who are just naturally charismatic personalities. Terrell Owens um, is just who he is. You know, he's healthy now, but he doesn't have that 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 um, that swagger in front of the mic. So now they're not introvert. They're, 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 now they're not introverts like a type nine. Okay, but there is just the guilt that lingers over them that makes them feel bad, as though they're asking too much from from, from anyone. So twos prefer to communicate through their works and actions rather than rather than words. So be patient when trying to communicate with them, and they'll open up eventually. So like any type of personality, they can get mischaracterized a lot. Now, it's very hard to mischaracterize a type 2 as they're quite obvious with their charity. Um, they love to give. They love to help. They love to sacrifice. It's just part of, part of their DNA. Um, they are compulsive, maybe even obsessive with their generosity. 
And there is only one personality on the Enneagram like this. Um, so you'll know when you, when you bump into this overly generous person, you're like, oh, type two, real quick. So mischaracterizations for the type two are most common when they are unhealthy or triggered. So those who are unlucky to be on the bad side of a type two often find themselves blindsided. It's just hard for them to understand how a generous person could be at the same time selfish. So many would ask them, who is this person? You know, it, it could feel as though this person is completely different than the person they knew. So because twos deteriorate toward the type eight, they also may look very similar. So, you know, the type eights are very strong personalities, they're very argumentative, they're very selfish as well. Um, you know, they, they don't communicate when they're angry. Oh, they, they just go into their man cave, especially if they're a dude. They'll, they'll just disengage and walk away. But they're very abusive, and twos can be like that, just either my way or the highway. So they will both, um, the type two and a type um, selfish, um, the most, both the type two and the type eight can be very selfish, arrogant, and very combative. Now, there's a handful of distinctive characteristics characteristic that separate themselves from each other. So I'm going to go through those, okay? So when they feel when they're slighted, a type two, they will feel unappreciated, especially if they are constantly contributing more to a relationship. That's, that's, a, that's an unhealthy type two. Now the type eight, they will feel as though their strength or intelligence is insulted when they're slighted. So that's a difference, okay? Um, how they argue and communicate between a type two and a type eight now. So the type two would try to validate their bad behavior or position it by listing their past generosities. So they're basically going to, you know, pull on that string. There's, I gave you this and you, and, and you didn't do this. I gave you this and you didn't do that, right? You know, I sacrificed all of this and you still didn't fulfill your side of the bargain. That's how type two will communicate and argue. Now, the, uh, the, um, the type eight, who is very combative, will say, They'll be very combative in their state statements, and you know all of it will be aimed at breaking down others to build themselves up. So again, they won't pull on the strings. They're just going to break you down, insult you. And most narratives that the type eight will come out, it'll be um, it will revolve around strength, power, and ability. Now again, the type two deteriorates toward the type eight, so they can look very similar. That's why I'm kind of, kind of like, kind of like um, kind of. Can I tell you, tell it, trying to make you feel like, I'm not trying to make you feel, I'm sorry, I'm losing my train of thought, but I'm trying to differentiate the two, you know, the unhealthy type two and the, the unhealthy type eight for you, so you don't get confused, okay? All right, so how they retreat. Now, this is um, what a lot of people do, okay, what a lot of personalities do. They, um, when they get triggered, they retreat. So how do they retreat? So type twos, now when, they, when they're trying to, when they give up trying to make their case, they will retreat to boil in a pot of anger with no intention of trying to resolve it, okay? And they tend to hold grudges, and they tend to enjoy holding on to those grudges. So they're in their man cave, you know, unhealthy type 2 like Terrell Owens. They retreated there. But it's just they're, they're just going there to get it more angry. They're not going there to, to calm themselves, to to uh, look for solutions or to like, you know, lift weights to like burn off steam. No, they're just going on there to get angrier. Okay, that's kind of scary, isn't it? Now the type eights, the type eights as, uh, as angry as they may look, when they retreat into their man cave, they're just going off over there to blow off steam. 
And usually they'll emerge from that cave fine. Like as though nothing went on. And they'll be ready to talk again because they're they've they've calmed down. Um and a lot of times they're going there to you know, kind of level themselves off so that they can come out and communicate better. Big difference. Big, big difference. Again, <laughs> Sometimes you think you'll be dealing with a type 8 personality because the unhealthy type 2 will look like a type 8. The Terrell Owens will look like an unhealthy type 8. And people will say, wow, Terrell Owens is an unhealthy type 8. Well, no, you can argue that he's an unhealthy type 2. Again, the Enneagram, the, and I know you're a little bit confused here, here, but then once you go through all of them, and you're going to go back to this, back to the whole thing, and, you, and the wheels are, are going to start moving in your head. And you're going to see all the different nuances. And when you start to memorize all of this, all of this, you can, be, you can write better characters. And you see how in-depth I'm getting here about the different nuances between type 2s and type 8s and, and healthy, unhealthy type 2 and, and a regular unhealthy type 8. They're all, they're just little, little switches that are so different. And you need to understand this as a writer. You really need to understand this. You have to get in that deep with your characters so they can write, again, so they can write the story for you. If you don't understand this, and you know you can't write it, you, then you're just self-projecting yourself into the character. So this is why it's so important that you learn this. That's why it's important to learn these, char- these um, personality types so in-depth. And if you skip over any of them, you're, you're not cheating me. I already, I already know this really well. You're cheating yourself. Okay, this is already free. This, this, um, this, this curriculum here is already free, and it's better than anything you're getting out there. Because once you, I, I promise you, once you master these nine personality, these nine personality types, you, the story will write itself. You're going to go for through the three acts so quick. Like wow, this is so great. It's so easy. It's really, really easy because you're just going to let these characters go, and they're just going to go around in that scene, and they're going to write everything for you. You're just there to document everything. All right. So working with a type 2 helper. Working with a healthy type 2 is amazing. They will be your loyal sidekick and possibly be the most dependable teammate. So working, working beyond what is expected comes naturally for them. And anything to get the job done, they will agree to. So leadership doesn't come naturally to a type 2. So they're not the ones to lead the entire group, even though they possibly can. But, you know, get this, as much as Terrell Owens had that, had that personality to be like a leader, like type 8s are, are leaders, right? The, the, um, he didn't want to lead, not at all. He was not a leader in the locker room, not at all. So for the most part, they are quite content being the silent partner and require no awards or accolades. They're not like a type 3. And so make sure you appreciate them somehow because they want to be appreciated. So that means a lot, especially if it means rewarding them with gifts during the, after doing the task. Again, remember that string? <laughs> they're, they're still going to want to be appreciated. So problems sometimes manifest when the type 2 feels that he or she is pulling most of the weight in the group and then feels underappreciated. So make sure they get appreciated. Make sure they, a simple thank you is, wow, you do so much of the work and all that. And just treat them a little bit differently and they're going to try even, even harder, Okay. So if they are triggered, they will, need, they will add unneeded drama to an already daunting task. So they can turn into an unhealthy Tarot Owens if you're not careful enough. Okay, so we are all done with the Type 2 personality. 
Um, type three is next. I'll, I'll be work, working on that, and uh, but I'm going to be taking a break. But this is the end of this podcast. Thank you so much for um, listening along. Again, you can find us all at Scriptwriter Steve. And if you want to listen more to my podcast, just go to on any podcast platform and put in barbecue to movies and we will pop up right there. Okay. So thank you so much.